Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. This is episode 170. Uh, my name's Ryan. As always, I'm honored to, to get to host the podcast. I'm the Connections Pastor at Journey. Uh, we're in message five of this 10-week series. It's called Chasing Perfection. And we're in a, in a section that uh, you've titled Jesus and Marriage. And we're in Matthew chapter five. Man, I think I've been hearing so many great things from our people about what they've been learning about these messages. Um, I know we've had some great discussions, even as a family. Um, as we jump in, uh, what, what's one piece of good marriage advice that you've received from someone in your 21, 21 and a half years of marriage that, that you've either passed on, um, to someone who needed, or man, it, maybe it's really changed and helped your marriage. So don't turn off the podcast if you're not married. Um, and not because you hope to be married one day, but because Matthew chapter five is, is, mostly about your relationship with God. It's mostly about righteousness and what it takes to be right with God. But one of the areas that Jesus highlights is marriage. So we we the, the so the primary the primary point of the message is how to be right with God. But then the kind of the some of the spiritual principles also help you have a good marriage. So if you love Jesus, this podcast even this four week focus section in Matthew chapter 5 is going to be really powerful for you. If you are married, if you ever hope to be married, if you have married kids, um, if you have married friends, great spiritual information in in this series and hopefully on this podcast for you. As a matter of fact, the the answer I'm getting ready to give you to this question um, applies to every relationship in life. It applies to your marriage. It applies to your family. It applies to your parents. It applies to your kids. Um, it applies to your friendships. It applies to your boss at work. It applies to your neighbors. It applies to your small group leader. It applies to people that you go to church with and are, and are friends with spiritually. It applies to your coaches. If you're a coach, it applies to your players, your parents, um, your assistants. Is there anybody it doesn't apply to? No, okay. no, this applies to everyone. <laughs> okay. What's one piece of good marriage advice you've received from someone you know that you've either passed on to someone or it's really helped you in your marriage? I've heard that Warren Buffett was asked, after he had celebrated 50 years of marriage, what the secret to a great marriage was. And he said without hesitation to a pack room, Warren, what is, you've been married more than 50 years. What is the secret to a good marriage without missing a beat? He said, low expectations. <laughs> and I think, I think specifically in the marriage relationship, we set such high expectations of our spouse. We expect our spouse to be the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. The Virgin Mary, Mary Magdalene, John the Baptist, sometimes our mom, sometimes our grandma, sometimes our best friend. Like we put so much pressure on our spouse to to fulfill things in us spiritually, to give us an identity spiritually, to give us the fruit of the spirit. We, we, so many people when they get married, they count on their spouse for the rest of their life. To produce in them love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They, they place expectations on their spouse that only Jesus can carry, that only Jesus can deliver, that only Jesus promises us. And I really do believe if we, when we're at the altar, remembering that, remember that we are marrying a broken person and that the best way that this broken person can love us 
is by giving all of themselves to Jesus. And if every day we would wake up and push them towards Jesus um, and expect them to get better but not be perfect, I really do believe that's one of the greatest pieces of advice of advice that I've ever been given. And it's and it has worked for me, not just in marriage but with my kids. It's worked for me not just in marriage but with family. It's worked for me not just with family but with teammates and with friends. Um, when you give room for people to be human, you give room for Jesus to be great. When you expect your church friends to live with the perfection of Jesus, you fail to recognize how magnificent the perfection of Jesus is because only he has it and only he promises it and only he carries it. And if we would look at people as broken vessel, you know, when when you and I were growing up, there used to be a Christian band called Jars of Clay that comes from a passage in the New Testament that says the Jesus we've been given, the Holy Spirit of God we've been given is this treasure inside of us. But it's, but it's a treasure. If you can picture it as this, this priceless treasure inside jars of clay that are easily breakable and that are not worth much. Um, if I could give people relationship advice for any relationship in their life, it would be lower the expectations that you have of people, raise the expectations you have of Jesus and show people the love and grace that Jesus has shown you. Don't expect them to be perfect. And when they get it wrong, forgive 70 times seven or as many as it takes because only Jesus is great. And when you only expect Jesus to be great, he'll never let you down and people will let you down less. It's good uh, advice. Did he give any financial advice? He is a billionaire. <laughs> I think in, if you were to invest in Berkshire Hathaway about 30 years ago, you'd, you'd be good. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you make the statement that most marriage problems are spiritual problems. Uh, what, what problems have you seen in this area that drives your desire to help marriages improve spiritually? I would say this. Who doesn't want to be married to someone who's filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? If you can become who Jesus has created you to be, and you can produce what the Spirit of God naturally produces in 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 the believer and from the believer— love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, you realize that Jesus— and the life of a Jesus follower empowered by the Holy Spirit is the answer to every marriage problem and struggle that there is. Um, so you had a difficult day in marriage, but you're loving. It's going to be better. You have a, you have a difficult week in marriage, but you're joyful. It's going to be better. You have a difficult season in the health of a, of a family member or maybe the health of a spouse, but you have peace. It's, it's going to be better. You have someone with some habits and some hangups, maybe someone experiencing some problems with addiction, um, but you're patient. It's going to be better. And, and we can go, and we can go on and on. Um, the answer, the answer to every problem in life is to lean into Jesus. The solution to every problem in life is what the Holy Spirit can produce in you in spite of brokenness and sin. Um, and usually when you look at marriage problems, Usually they come from a heart of sin, um, actions caused by an attitude of sin, which is why Matthew chapter five is so powerful because Jesus says, let's peel back the actions that are causing so much friction and let's look at the attitude of the heart. Um, yeah. So did you murder your spouse? No. Um, have you been angry enough at them? 
to say things with your mouth that hurt them. I thought Marcellus was so good when he said, we don't murder with our hands, but we murder with our words and we murder with our hearts. Like, yeah, that's a spiritual problem. Um, the harsh words you speak to your that's a spiritual problem. Um, commit adultery? No, but, but, but did I, did I lust from my heart? It, is my heart continually dissatisfied with what God wants me to have in life? So I have to have more and I'm discontent with everything. Yeah, that's a spiritual problem. Did you break a promise that you made? Um, are you and your spouse not able to have trust because you violated trust in some area at some point in your past? Yeah, that's a spiritual problem. Are you having trouble forgiving your spouse who violated your trust, which has now put a boundary between you? Yes, that is a spiritual problem. Um, and we can go on and on. When you're cursed, you bless. You pray for your enemies. Um, all of all of these things. You you don't have to retaliate when you're when when you're hurt, but you can trust God to use hurt in your life both to make you more like Jesus and to teach someone else the grace of Jesus by the way you show it to them. Every problem is a spiritual problem. Ultimately, all the solutions are who Jesus is and trying to live his spirit and produce the fruit of his spirit um, out of your life. So I would say every solution for almost every problem in marriage is found in the nine fruits of the spirit. If you can answer problems in marriage with the fruit of the spirit, your marriage will be better. And if you can peel back the actions that are causing struggles and problems in marriage, they're all going to go back to a heart of sin that needs to be surrendered to Jesus. It's amazing how many of the challenges actually do come from just not looking like and acting like Jesus. Yes. The problems are different every single day, but if my responses are better to my wife and how I respond with peace and love, it's amazing how much we can make it through things. And you would say... I'd love more like Jesus if my spouse looked like Jesus. To that, I would say, lower your expectations. Your spouse is not Jesus. Neither are you, but you can look more like him by the way you respond to the struggles and problems that you're having right now. Yeah, good word. You share Mark 8, 34 through 35, um, where Jesus said, uh, then he called the crowd, well, where it's recorded, uh, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Verse 35, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Now, this is this is an important set of verses for discipleship that directly relates to marriage. Uh, can you help our listeners understand the importance of this level of sacrificial love? Yes, yeah, so Ryan, this, this is a... Um, it's a beautiful picture of the gospel and of the love of Jesus, and it is an unbelievable challenge in marriage because Jesus makes this um, – he makes a ludicrous statement. This is a ludicrous statement. At this point in history, this is a ludicrous statement. To show your love, get on a cross and die. My belief is that up to this point in history, no one had done this. In order to show love – they got on a cross and died. It's a ludicrous. That's like saying, if you want to show someone how much you love them, strap into the electric chair and let's go. Like the, the cross was the capital punishment instrument of the day. You're like, that is an asinine statement to go to the electric chair and it like, how's that going to show anyone you love them? And Jesus said, just watch. 
See, the only way you could make that statement is if you were willing to show that level of love. And Jesus said, I will not ask you to do what I am not willing to do first. I'm going to show you how much I love you by denying myself, taking up my cross, and giving my life so that you can have life. I'm asking for your sacrificial, surrendered love in return, but I will go first. So it's a beautiful picture of the gospel because we we see that following Jesus is surrendering to his love, and it is responding to his love. He went first. As we use it towards marriage, usually in, in a marriage relationship, um, people are saying to the other one, you go first, you go first, you go first, you go like. Like, remember when you first told Heather that you loved her or vice versa? And what a big deal it was for the person to say it. It's almost like you waited the person out. It's like, I know that I love you and I want to say that I love you, but I would like for you to say it first. Jesus says, I'm going to cut through all that. I'll say it first. I love you. I love you. And Jesus said, if you understand my love and then in, and then in life, and I would say in marriage, you want to show that? Go first. Let your love go first. You're asking someone to give you their whole life. You go first. Because it's way easier to give your life to someone who's given their life for you, because you know they're in it as much as you are, than it is to wonder, okay, if I'm, what if I'm all in and they're not? So Jesus says, go first. But before it's a picture of marriage, it's a picture of the gospel. Jesus makes a ludicrous statement. Here's how, here's what it looks like to love someone with everything you got. It's not about you. You'd lay down on a cross and you die. Then you, then you prove how much you're in. You're like, that's crazy. Jesus said, you're right. It's crazy, but I'm going to do it. Watch me show you the level of my love and then surrender to that love and re- return my love by responding with the sacrificial spirit. It says, Jesus gave everything for me. I'll give everything for him. And when it comes to a marriage relationship, go first. All right, you want someone to love you with everything they are? You go first. Deny yourself. Give everything. Go first. And then pray through Jesus that they respond and follow. Uh, further down the, the message, you, you make the statement for Christian spouses to be right with each other, they have to be right with God. And you give this great example of a triangle. It's actually my, my dad at our um, rehearsal dinner shared this very same thing hmm. with me, um, basically telling Heather and I how to have success in our marriage. So as single people consider who to date and our kids <laughs> consider who one day to marry, why is this truth so important? In the tough days of life and marriage and family, the rock, the foundation of your marriage and family is not your love for your spouse. It's your love for Jesus. And the unconditional trust that you have in marriage and family is what you trust Jesus to do in the future, not what you trust your spouse to do in the future. So you, you talked about the triangle for those of you who weren't able to watch the message. We, you know, it's, if you can picture a triangle, 
and at the bottom left corner, the word husband, and at the bottom right corner, the word wife, and at the top of the triangle, the pyramid, the word God. What, what we tell people when we do marriage counseling is this, this is a picture of marriage. And the closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. Like if you will just work to get, if you will both work to get closer to God, you end up closer to each other. So I've, you know, I've started talking to my son and daughter. I mean, years ago, find someone who loves Jesus more than you. Because one day when you're married, your spouse is not only going to not love you, they're not even going to like you, but they're going to stay committed to you and stay married to you because they love Jesus and they want to honor Jesus. And if you marry someone who always puts Jesus first, they'll put you in a position of life that you don't deserve because Jesus got on a cross and died for you. That's how much he thinks of you. And when your spouse runs to Jesus and says, should I leave them? He's a deadbeat. She's a deadbeat. He's mean. Her family's crazy. Here's what Jesus will say about you. I love your husband and I love your wife enough to give my life for them. I would like you to hang in through this. Um, again, anything outside a continuing marital infidelity or areas of abuse that are just unsafe, Jesus says, I will fight for them and you together through this. And as we'll look at in the very last week of this series, as we kind of flip back to the book of Hosea and we see God say, let me, sh- let me show you what it looks like to be married to you. And we see Hosea's wife become a prostitute. And then actually get pregnant by someone else and God says, now marry her again. And Hosea's like, what? And God's like, now you know what it, un- now, now you understand what it's like to be married to you because I gave my whole heart to you on the cross. And yet you run off and prostitute yourself and then you come back when you need me and then you run off again, you come back. And every time I take you back, understand Hosea, you understand my love for you. If you marry someone who loves Jesus more than you, Jesus will always tell them to love you even when you don't deserve it because that's what he did. He loved you while you were still sinner and didn't deserve it. He loved you. On your good days, he loves you. On your bad days, he loves you. It's his posture towards you. He, he loves you. He, he actually loves you so much that he's given you free will that if you don't want to be with him for an eternity, you, you don't, you don't have to. He loves you enough to let you choose. Um, that's that's who you want to be connected to, someone who loves you like that. And Jesus will always tell your spouse to, to love you like that. It's a great visual, and hopefully those who are listening will, man, draw that picture in their Bible, in their notes, have it somewhere where they can remember uh, young people be remembering that same thing. Uh, I, I love what you said. Find someone who loves Jesus more than you do, and together you know, you're going to build a strong marriage. Uh, loser. Yeah. I'm not calling you a loser, but yeah. it, it's the title of the message, it is. Loser. When you sent it over to me, I went, okay, This. let me read this. Uh, near the end of the message, you share some really practical things that we should be willing to lose to win spiritually in marriage. Uh, I have the list here. Where did you come up with this list, and, and which one would you like to really reinforce? <laughs> so I came up with the list, uh, the first, first few from Scripture. All of them from real time marriage counseling with people in our church. And I would like to spend 10 minutes on all of them, but I won't. Jesus said sometimes it's better to lose a part of yourself. His metaphor was your eye. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It would be better to lose one part of yourself than to lose all of yourself. 
If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It would be better to lose one part of yourself than to lose all of yourself. Now, we don't have to lose our eyes or our hands. Jesus lost his entire body on the cross so we could keep both our eyes and both our hands, but so that we could surrender those to him. And Jesus says, let's lose, let's lose the things that are creating distance between you and God. Let's lose the things in marriage that are going to create distance between you and your spouse. So we gave a list of five. Anything, um, obviously that causes sin. I mean, that, that was, that was Jesus' prerequisite in Matthew chapter five. If your eye causes you to sin, you gotta lose it. If your hands cause you to sin, you gotta lose it. Like the things you look at, the things, the activities you partake in that cause you to sin, you gotta lose them. Anything that grieves the Holy Spirit in your marriage. So anything that causes you to have anything but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, you probably ought to lose that. If you want to maintain the Spirit of God that is the peace of God that He gives you, that He leaves with us, the helper of God that He leaves with us, it's like if I either have to lose the helper of God that brings peace or something else, I'm always going to choose to lose something else. Um, number three, anything or anyone that causes your spouse pain or fear. Um, I got this from Josh McDowell years ago. He came and spoke at Liberty University while I was a student, and he said one of the best descriptions of biblical love is to provide and protect. If you cannot provide safety and care, and if you do not protect the heart of of your family, um, if something would violate that, it's got to go. Maybe it's an old relationship. Uh, maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's um, the way your family's always done things. Maybe you scream and shout. Maybe you break things. Maybe you leave. Whatever causes fear or pain, it's got to go. Um, any activity or hobby that can lead to neglect or isolation. Um, really, fu- so if you ask me if, um, if I had a pulpit, and I do, but I won't get on it today. Um, number four and five, I'm pretty passionate about. Because it seems like these are the stupid things destroying marriages. It's not, it's not always sin. It's not always things that grieve the Holy Spirit. It's not things that cause pain or fear to the spouse. It's selfishness and stupidity. So number four is any activity or hobby that can lead to neglect or isolation. Number five is anything that only single people should do. Once you are married, you are not a kid anymore who exists for yourself. You have given your life to your spouse and you exist for them now. So I said it in my message. I'll meet people whose marriages are falling apart. And the first question I always ask people, when's the last time you've been on a date? When is your date night? It is, can't remember, don't have one. When is the last time besides your honeymoon that you've been on a vacation that was a week long with just the two of you? Almost it's never. And then you usually ask people, why not? It's like, just don't have time. Just don't have time. But he plays in a golf league every week on Tuesday afternoon. And she is the team mom of the volleyball club that had 80 games last year. And and he works out and looks like a bodybuilder. And she goes to the spa an hour every week for her hairs and hair and her nails and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me, let me, let's just get this straight. It's not that you don't have time. You've chosen to take time for other things. Your golf game, your softball game, your basketball league, your hair, your nails, your bodybuilding, uh, your, your guys trip, your girls trips, um, hanging out with your kids. That's just more important than your marriage. And if that's your heart, I have nothing that can help you. I do not have a Bible verse for people who don't want to prioritize each other. 
It's it's not even it's just it's just selfish immaturity. Like grow up and 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 what I'm dealing with now more than ever that's killing me. And it's why I ask wives when I said this. Wives, look straight at me. Don't glance at your husband because I can see you. So don't look at your husband when I say this. But the number of husbands right now under thirty who are neglecting their wives for video games makes me want to scream. Makes me want to scream. It's like, brother, take off the headphone. You are not a soldier. You don't drop in. This is not real. Please grow up. Please grow up. Your wife wants some of your time. She wants some of your affection. She wants some of your love. If you would hunt for the heart of your wife, like you're hunting for the treasure on the other side of that screen, like you would have the greatest marriage in the world. You are such a child. Please grow up. Um, those are the things in 2021. Are you passionate about that? <laughs> just a little bit. Those are the things in 2021 that I, that I wish I could get people to surrender, to lose, and not, not like forever. You can play your video games an hour a day. Awesome. You can, you can go golfing, but man, not at the expense of your marriage. No. You sh- go be the team mom, cheer your daughter on in all her games, but not at the expense of never having a weekend away from your husband. S- marriage is surrender. Marriage is sacrifice. Marriage is choosing to throw things away so that you can live in sacrificial love with the one that God has um, given you. You have to do it to follow Jesus. You have to throw away things that hinder. And and you got and you got to do it to have a good marriage. You can't live for yourself anymore. No, it's some really healthy advice whether you're married or not. Like you mentioned earlier, whether you're married or not, those are some really good advice for how to spend time with the Lord because we've heard those same excuses why people mm-hmm. don't have any time to spend with Jesus, can't mm-hmm. make it to church, can't mm-hmm. make it to Bible study. So yeah, some really well, can't memorize a verse, but they know absolutely all the cheat codes on Fortnite. Yeah. It's like that is embarrassing. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So some really practical advice. Hopefully we've we've activated some faith, uh, some steps to grow in your marriage, in your walk with Jesus. Uh, Easter times, uh, we're looking forward to those services coming up Thursday, April 1st at 6.30, Friday night at 6.30, Saturday, April 3rd, 2, 4, and 6, Sunday at 7, 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and noon. So great opportunities to come and celebrate uh, Jesus that day. Hopefully you'll invite some friends, family, begin thinking and praying about how you can be a part of impacting someone's life. Pastor Christian, thanks for uh, all the great wisdom on the podcast today. Thank you to our listeners. We'd love for you to rate us on whatever uh, way you're listening to this. It always is helpful for us. It means a lot to us if you would do that. Be sure to tune in either uh, online or come and be a part of our services online at either one of our campuses. We'd love to have you. Uh, if we can minister to you, uh, if you've got a question you want to ask us, uh, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. Uh, We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.